Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. that time jersey sometimes i really regret that people can't always hear the pre-show topics that we rotate through for times ours even on a day like today where we have a 53 man roster we've got a 16 actually i'm not sure for it's are we at 15 still we got a as we record this a very if not completely full practice squad we've got a couple of expected sort of fluid moves we've got real news real stuff to talk about here today and we'll do so i'm joshua briscoe with nate taylor and seth kaiser but, guys, uh, there was one thing that we did not talk about before we started recording today that I thought, you know what, I'm just going to hold it back and, and present it here now because there was some news that is very relevant to specifically us and specifically to the wonderful outlet that we do this show for, being The Athletic. You guys both have a very active hand, I think, in making sure Alec Lewis is prepared to cover the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> <laughs> Alec has been doing tremendous work covering the Royals for the Athletic yes. for a long time now. Yes. He's absolutely one of my favorite writers, one of my favorite media members to talk to. He makes baseball is none of our first loves here. Actually, it might have been mine chronologically, but not in uh, degrees of magnitude now. <laughs> Alec covered baseball as well as anybody. I loved having him here in Kansas City. He's now moving to the NFL side, and yeah. he's going to, to Seth's neck of the woods here. So I just... I want to make sure that we give a, a, a congratulations to Alec and mostly that you guys prepare him for what's about to come next. I am. I'm so happy for him. Um, and yet kind of, you know, for selfish reasons, um, it's not like I'm not going to read his work, but obviously he was <laughs> as he a was boycott. I will not. Yeah, oh, it's a complete boycott. It was, but you no, know, like he was the one that I really trusted, you know, for Rose coverage. And I hope our listeners did too. It's it's wild. We go from Brady McCullough to Rustin Dodd to Alec Lewis, and yeah, he's he's part of a lineage there. And I'm super pumped that this man chose, ladies and gentlemen, he chose to do this. He Seth, chose. What has he res- chosen? He has chosen the responsibility to what, Seth? <laughs> Let me just say, there's. It's a very unique thing covering the Minnesota Vikings for two reasons. Oh, yeah. <laughs> One is that the the fan base for the Minnesota Vikings, I think there's other fan bases that have an argument. I don't know if there's one that's more downtrodden than the Vikings fan base. They expect literally every bad thing to happen. <laughs> it doesn't matter what they're doing or why. Like when 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 my brothers-in-law came with me to a Chiefs game, they were like, Man, they were a bummer, and I love them both. But they were just, oh, he's going to miss his field goal. He's going to miss it. It was it, it was the, the, the 2018 Chiefs-Ravens miracle comeback type game. They couldn't believe the Chiefs won. They couldn't believe it because they have seen every bad thing happen. They, they have, and so they're yeah. unique, yeah. and they're fanatics. Right. Here's the other thing. Do I see 
that Alec grew up in Birmingham, Alabama. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. Is are um, his are his uh, last few months of the year and first few months of the year going to be a little different? Is that what you're getting at? I, <laughs> well, he covered the Brewers for a while. Here's the problem. He's going to think that Milwaukee... Mm. <laughs> I'm sorry. So Milwaukee is... A great a, city. It's a great city. Great city. It's, it's a little super farther. Super underrated. It's super underrated, but it's also because it borders Lake Michigan, so its weather is somewhat controlled by the existence of a giant lake. And it's also significantly... It's south of Minneapolis. He thinks he knows what winter looks like. He got no idea. That that man has never walked out of a building. Now, maybe he's visited Minnesota or North Dakota or one of these. But everyone always thinks they know. Because how I know someone doesn't know is when they tell me, it's all the same below zero. No, it's no, not. No, it ain't. No, no. no. Stop it. No. Stop it. You, you, my friend, do not know. Because the difference between negative 5 and negative 25 is substantial. And then you get to, like, the negative 40, negative 50 nights. And those are just, they just hit different. And I don't know another <laughs> way of saying it. So, Alec. Sorry, man. I'm, I'm sorry. On Alec's behalf, I just want to say that my headphones cut out there for a second. Did you say minus 50? Yeah, but we only usually hit that a couple, like, it happens once or twice a year. That's the temperature it is on, like, Venus. Not even, it's hotter <laughs> on Venus. I picked a wrong, I picked the wrong planet. No, yeah, that, Venus is Neptune. crazy. You mean Pluto. Neptune, Neptune is, yeah. Did you hear about I was, Pluto? Well, I was going to say, I was going to say that's temperature on Uranus, but I th- figured that would derail the entire <laughs> podcast, so I panicked it's, and said Venus. It's fine. I'm out that's here making happened. psych references <sighs> that no one's going to get. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's it. So, no, it just it's it's just going to be a different world for him. And I will I who live three hours north of the city. So further (laughs) still, I will happily visit him some point and we'll we'll go through the Mall of America together. Like good Minneapolis sites. We'll go to the park. We'll go. We'll go look at the waterfalls. It's going to be great. Apparently, I'm going to ask Alec on a date sometime soon. (laughs) And we're going to have a great time. I'm excited. But he's a great writer. Yeah. I'm excited for him, but like people really don't know until they live here, like what it's like to just wake up and it hasn't been above zero for three weeks <gasps> and the snow has piled up and piled up. And then you see on the forecast that there's another 10 inches coming yep. and you just can't, but you have to. And, and yes, <laughs> Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen are your receivers. <laughs> and so that's- Kirk Cousins also your quarterback. <laughs> this is why I wanted to ask both of you because you just gave the Minnesotan answer and the NFL beat reporter answers to what is around the corner for our dear friend Alec. And I'm very excited for him in this venture. Yes. Happy, happy, happy coverage, Alec. Uh, you, you know, <laughs> Hope you felt because- warm for the final time. <laughs> and I hope you've enjoyed being in a town where the quarterback situation is Nirvana and you're about to turn back the clock. <laughs> oh, man. I've looked it up here. Apparently, the uh, median temperature on Mars is negative 85. So we're not that far mm. off. Mars and Minnesota. Mm. Pretty much uh, mm. pretty much the same climate. And nobody lives on Mars. So it's maybe you guys should get the freaking hint. 
it happens like once a year that you get to actual 50. Now, with wind chill, you hit it probably seven or eight times. Oh, good. But like, yeah, no, let's, let's, just, hey, you know what? let's count the wind chill. Let's go ahead and count the wind chill. Let's go ahead and factor oh. that in. No, oh, man. <laughs> Those mornings where, yeah, you, you go outside and you, you go, <laughs> like you feel like you're being choked to death by the air. I hope, he got, I hope he's got a real nice jacket. <laughs> And by jacket, I mean a sleeping bag with arms and legs. It's just one full piece. Uh, anyway, there you go. There's there's our worlds colliding as Alec moves so far north. Um, it's going to be so cold. But uh, best of luck. Let's talk about the roster. Let's actually do it. We've spent a long All time right. waiting to have some news of some sort. We got the initial 53. There's some little stuff we already know about. Elijah Lee currently on the practice squad after being released. We know the plan is for the Chiefs to bring him back after they IR Blake Bell. So a couple of things, you know, right out of the gate that are are pretty evident at this point. Um, but Nate, certainly a couple of, of surprises, uh, a couple of guys on either side of the cut line that I thought were mm-hmm. interesting. What did you see whenever the cutdowns were happening yesterday? Uh, you had the, uh, the practice squads get uh, either mostly or completely filled up today. It's been a busy afternoon. Uh, and then Brett Veach talks to the media as well. Piece together what you took away from all of this. Yeah, this was quite different and in some ways it's a good thing and i think brett explained it i thought pretty well earlier today on wednesday sort of after the fact the idea is that is my 53 man roster projection wrong well that's that's subjective um it was not as a high clearance as i would have wanted uh, based on percentages you know i had danny shelton on the roster Dries fountain you know i i did not have you know darian Kennard on the roster you know, I did get Ronald Jones correctly, uh, so I guess I can, you know, shake my hand for that. But I think with Shane Bouchelle being on the roster and having defensive ends like Malik Herring and Joshua Kando, they manipulated the transactions today. Like, they, like, and most teams are getting good at this, but the Chiefs, you know, were one of the teams today that felt like they kept who they wanted to keep regardless of the NFL's mandated cutdown day because practice squads are bigger now. It's 16. You can have uh, several veterans uh, who wouldn't normally fit the old school, you know, sort of parameters for practice squad players. It's fascinating to me that they are okay, Josh, with five receivers while also pretty much telling everybody we like our depth on defense. We like it so much that, we can keep Joshua Kando and Malik Herring because we don't even want people to get a sniff of maybe claiming them on the waiver wire. It's fascinating to me that, yes, Shane Bouchelle played his way onto the roster. That is absolutely true. He has earned that spot. Obviously, we don't know if he'll play, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be active on game day, which would be the same case for the ninth or 10th offense or defensive lineman. So when you put that into the equation, it's like, well, is he a player worthy of a spot? And are you preventing, like, I don't know, the Arizona Cardinals? Or, like, I don't know, did you watch Hard Knocks? Looks like the Detroit Lions could use Shane Bouchelle, y'all. <laughs> um, so when you put all that together, it's like they wanted to keep about 68 players. And they pretty much <laughs> kept all 68. So, hey, the other thing that comes to mind is this concludes the Josh Gordon 
era yep. in Kansas yep. City. One touchdown, didn't make the roster, was never on the roster. Before the first preseason game, didn't elevate himself in the three exhibitions. This further explains, A, how hard it is to uh, be a wide receiver in today's league, because I think in maybe years past or maybe a decade ago, a player like Josh Gordon would be on the roster. And also, most middle-of-the-season acquisitions at wide receiver do not work out. Mm. So this is just he's just one guy on top of a long list that I've sort of gotten to know and understand. But they kept a lot of young guys from being on the waiver wire while also keeping, you know, rotational, valuable veterans who can go up and down the active roster to practice guy. And that's very like we I mean, we're super in the weeds now of football mm-hmm. uh transactions and player personnel decisions and like, you know, hey Austin Ryder, we're gonna cut you. Hand me your phone for the next two hours. Mm-hmm. Actually, hand me your phone for the next 24, okay? <laughs> like, hey, Elijah, we love you. I'm going to show you this contract right now. The league tells me you and I cannot sign this, but it's right here, okay? <laughs> so don't take any of your stuff home. <laughs> don't, right. don't do that. Hey, don't bring, do that. bring in your playbook. Leave everything else in your locker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is just, this is just procedural. And we love you so much so that we cut Jermaine Carter, which had to be done. By the way, kids, if you listened to the last episode, um, yeah, dog, yeah, he was probably the biggest disappointment of the preseason. But this is you're going to know the answer to this based off the fact that I'm asking him the question. But do you know who has what? Which two linebackers have the highest cap hit for the Chiefs in 2022? Anthony Hitches, Jermaine Carter. Thank you. Hey. <laughs> There's a price for going young. That's true. That's true. The tenth, the tenth youngest roster in football right now, according to sp- it's either tenth or eleventh. I have to double check. But it's spot track we- this morning. It was at ten. Uh, who knows? Once they you know adjust things around, it's all decimal points and whatnot. But they are in, right. cl- firmly right. in the bottom in that bottom third range right now. Right, which is pretty impressive for a team that has the veterans it does, and also the the winning that it that it does. Yep. Um, we can talk about that here in a minute, but um, but yeah, those are my those are my roster man- manipulation mechanisms procedural takeaways because I don't feel like they lost anybody that people were like, ooh, no, like Darius Fountain still on the roster, Austin Ryder still on the roster, like you think Austin Ryder's playing before Darian Kennard? Get out of here! All right, so hey, if Derek Nadi has a, a a nagging injury, well. Let me introduce you to Danny Shelton in that A-gap. So it it all makes sense. And it's to the league's benefit that the Chiefs figured this out and more and more teams are doing the same. I was going to say, I can run down the the list and the practice squad. I'll I'll save us the time for now. But to your point, what did you say that there there are 65 players they wanted to keep around? And um, they're all here. The only player who was claimed anywhere else was Matt Dickerson, who the Falcons claimed. I didn't expect... That to happen, I didn't necessarily expect him to be a major practice squad candidate, honestly. And also, Taylor Stallworth cut and practice squatted. Uh, Cornell Powell, as you mentioned, only keeping five receivers. Powell and Fountain both cut, both both on the practice squad. Yep. Uh, they did add Kendall Blanton, who they were looking at before he was claimed, uh, whenever he was released from the Rams a little bit ago. The Commanders claimed him. Now he's on the practice squad uh, to give a little more tight end depth there. So just like you said, I... 
I think that most of the names that we have said or talked about even around the bubble these, these last few weeks, they're they're either on the roster or on the practice squad. Uh, so what do you make of all that, mm-hmm. Seth? Does anything jump out to you from the roster construction? Any of those names in particular? Anybody you're excited about or, or sad about, depending on where they ended up? Sure. There's two things that, that are interesting to me. The first one is more like a general roster construction. If you look at every draft from 2019 until now, the mm-hmm. vast majority of those players are still Chiefs. Mm-hmm. The vast majority of them. Every single one of them, because they 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 got Johnson back on the practice squad, so they've got all of this year's picks, which might seem like, well, of course, but, you know, when you make three seventh-round picks, and, yeah. and by the and way... And two of them felt like locks by the end of the preseason. By, by the way, I'm, I'm looking through Jalen Watson's film right now, and... Yeah. He got some tape, y'all. Josh, Josh Williams better be careful. Fayetteville State. Because he's a he's a better athlete than Watson, but Watson, man, that that guy knows his zone concepts. And hey, Nate, remind me, does does Steve Spagnuolo like corners who are good with zone concepts or not like? Them? I can't remember. It. I mean, he he, you know how Steve wants it. He just he, like Steve is the chef that's like, yeah, we could add something else to it. You want to? <laughs> I mean, we. I, you know, I haven't tried that. Put it in. Put <laughs> yeah, it. we'll put in. We'll put try. It in. Sprinkle, does, it, does, sprinkle it. Sprinkle it in for me. Does Spagnolo utilize zone blitzes? That's weird. Oh, um, oh. He and so Watson and, and I'm only through a game and a half now. So inevitably, at some point during this episode, Josh is going to ask me a question. I'm going to be like, "Yeah, you don't want that," and he'll be like, "You're not listening, are you?" I'll be like, "What?" Because I'm charting Jalen Watson snaps. <laughs> but the, the grind, I feel bad because you will go more than either Nate or I. You will go like five minutes without saying a syllable, and I start to get a feeling like oh, I gotta gotta make sure we pass the ball around here. Yep. I gotta yep. remember Let's... that you're just off on the side chart and snaps. Yeah, I this people ask me, how do you do it, Seth? I do it by doing multiple things badly at once. <laughs> That's how I do it. That's the secret. So it's just interesting though, because so they got every single one of their guys from 2022, all but one from 2021, because Powell didn't make it, or is he on the practice squad? I can can I can I make this real easy for you? Yeah. Um, it's going to start with something painful, which is giving credit to Jason Anderson, who brought this to the show today and, and tweeted it out as well. <laughs> Over the last four years, the Chiefs have drafted 28 players. Counting Nyang on the pup, 24 of those picks are on the roster. And that was wow. not including Cornell Powell or Naze Johnson, who are both on the practice squad this year. So, so 20, you know, so all but two. Darwin Thompson and Bo Pete Keys are the two, sixth and seventh round picks are the two guys over these last four years not currently on the roster. We are not talking about the draft class before that. That draft Woo! class no. has Derek Naughty and a bunch of static crit from me. And who, that's doesn't okay. need to, who doesn't need to get that first one out of the way? Sometimes you got to be really Just, bad at something once before you can be good at it. Yeah, that's uh, who, which, whomst which, among us. Which we should tell everybody in Chicago, hey, 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 sometimes the first one, Bit rough. You got to throw I, out the first pancake. I don't know who these pancake, scouts are. Yes, I just, just got here. Yeah, exactly just right. Like I, they wouldn't let me take the board. Or, you know. You know what I'm saying? They yeah. Like, like they, they took my phone. They took all the screenshots away. They took all right, the emails. They took all Snapchats. the files. Like I couldn't. Like I had to. I was trying to memorize the board off my eyelids, guys. <laughs> like I like I don't know. Like I just met Eberfuse. You want? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you say we have a quarterback. You say he's young. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, I mean, great. look, all these receivers are great, but I can't get them. Okay, have you seen the offensive line? Hey, we need to really help Bob Sutton. Let's draft six defensive players. <laughs> I mean, they try. We try. I mean, we try. Oh, uh, yeah. 
and, so, and anyway, look, hey, 26 you know what? 28 on, on the <laughs> roster in some form or fashion. That's really great. That's awesome by them. And, and some of them, you know, every one of them, like when I, when you look on here, so we'll, we'll start back to 2019, Nick Allegretti, not a starter, but he has an important role on the team. Probably the best Rash- backup lineman they got. Yeah. Rashad, Rashad Fenton, important role on the team. Colin Saunders, He's struggled with some injuries, but on the roster, Juan Thornhill, important role in the team. McCool Hardman, important role in the team. Mike Dana, significant rotational snaps. Legereus Steve. I'm just going up a list here. I'm not cherry-picking. Hey, hey, I, I, I skipped Keys, we, who's not we, on the team. We all know Mike Dana starting in week seven, eight, nine, somewhere in there. Yep. We just yep. you just kind of know Mike Dana is gonna start at some point this season. And, you know, he can be a spot starter. That's that's totally within his realm. Of, of capabilities. Yep. It, it It's definitely interesting because Mike Dana really has overachieved a great deal. Oh, incredible. I and didn't even know who dude was. Nobody they picked him, and I was like, who? Yeah. So, and, and then he played as a rookie, and he was like, you know, it played well. Yeah, yeah, it played well for like, yep. he, he is an overachiever at every stage of his career. Much like I say, like, look, I understand that there's some people out there that say, all, all they wanted to see on Tuesday, even though they knew it already existed, but I, I saw the comments. I saw y'all shouting from whatever section that like, hey, as long as Ben Neiman and Dan Sorensen are not on this <laughs> list, we've already won. But you forget that like Ben Neiman and Dan Sorensen way overachieved, okay? Oh, yeah. Like, it, like it, it, way, it, way, it, way, way, way overachieved. It, it infuriates me to to a great end that like we can kind of remember rotational average bit players for like their great heights, but this like get him off my team. And it's like, <laughs> have you I'm sorry, have you noticed what the NFL is every three years? Like what do yeah. you like what, what, what? they drafted 10 guys? <laughs> like, I wish I I wish I really wish that Spags or whoever made the call here hadn't put Sorensen in the position he got put in last year because his his legacy as a chief would be remembered very differently if he mm. just hadn't played last year. It'd been like, man, thanks for the memories, Dan. You really gave it everything you had. Right. And then now instead it's like, good God have mercy. What happened? But so this is just, it's just interesting to me because my, my point in kind of listing off some of these guys is outside of a few positions where it's arguable, uh, like like Clyde Edwards Alaire, which is one that I know sticks in a lot of people's craw. And <coughs> sorry, I have a cold and also had something stuck in my craw. <laughs> there's not there's not like there's spots that have been handed out. Like Creed Humphrey yeah. had to beat out an average veteran for his job. Trey Smith wasn't even on the radar until he just took it, right? I mean, Nick Bolton, who I, every time I talk about Nick Bolton, I have to like, I don't know, eat a crow or put egg on my face or whatever. I'm just like, that's going to be stuck in your craw for weeks, man. Don't do that. Okay. Yes. I'm a million years old. We get it. No, I think no, it's a funny phrase. I I like the phrase stuck in your craw. I just was, I was just building on it, man. Not every (laughs) yes. And is about how old you are. You are very old. Well, most of the, yeah. yeah. Uh, However. And so there's just a lot of these guys have not been just handed spots. They've really earned it. It's kind of like, I was really worried about the relying on so many young guys on defense this year. Like, especially I was like, man, they're really relying on Trent McDuffie and George Karloftis and maybe Brian Cook as well. And then I watched those guys play and I'm like, huh, I, I think it's going to be all right. And we'll see because they're rookies. And I, I just I'm, I've been hurt before. It's impressive what they've done. 
while still keeping around a lot of their veterans. And while still, so you've got like kind of this like, you, you, there's not like a lot of middle age in, in NFL years on the Chiefs. Like, I suppose that's like Mahomes at this point, yeah. right? He's like the dude between the age of, you know, 26 and, and 31, where that you, you got, it's just kind of interesting to me. And hey, hey, he, hey, hey Seth, who, who, who from the 2017 class is still on the roster? <laughs> that would be, that would be Patrick LeVon Mahomes, the second. You want to um, you want to dip back to 2016 roster if that's the age you're looking for as well. There mm-hmm. is one guy on this roster from that draft class. Yep, yeah. big man in the and middle. Where's 95? It, and it's definitely obviously you're gonna. I mean that's that's the state of the NFL. You know you lose a lot of guys after that first you know that first rookie contract because yeah. they either aren't that good and so you're like yeah whatever or they play their way into good. a huge contract and yeah. they go. Yep. And that's that's often what you what you see happen or you know like like Mitch Morse I'm sure they'd love to have Mitch Morse around and they don't need him cuz Creed Humphrey's awesome but like he just Buffalo was like hey look here's a giant sack of money and he was like sweet you know I mean I would have taken it too I have a new large adult son so the pain has receded <laughs> there, There's one exception to this though like and this is just it's such a nitpick cuz I like the roster top to bottom the rookies have shown out in preseason. Now we'll see, right? There's a lot of caveats there because I'm going to be writing, I think, my like fifth glowing review of a rookie during preseason. And I'm really afraid, unless Jalen Watson's play in the last game just falls off the planet, and I don't think it does, he looks like he looks startable. Like, not like he's, he'd be a star, but he looks like a guy you could put on the field. And that's incredible because he was yeah. a seventh-round draft pick. But... Hopefully one of them is going to betray me. I know it's going to happen. Probably not intentionally, but maybe. Who knows? Here's the the one thing I can't get past. I don't know if you guys watched Josh Kando much during the preseason. Oh, I did. I, I don't understand. Why do they need six defensive ends? What uh, you want to you want to Josh want to share what Veach said earlier today? That was yeah, well, quite quite telling. Well, so in, I'll let you do that. I'll, I'll say the one thing that, that I uh, had uh, brought to my attention, which is the note that Malik Herring was listed as suffering an oblique injury uh, after the third mm-hmm. preseason game. And so that that has you wonder, like, hey, could he maybe get a little quick IR stint? And then if you bring back up uh, Taylor Stallworth or, or Danny Shelton, you could end up with your five and five instead of the six and four they have there right now. Mm-hmm. That was what I was thinking when you were talking about it on the radio today at like noon. So then Brett Veach talked and detailed both some of the well, uh, the recent history at the position needing more numbers there, which is kind of interesting when you note uh, who that makes some implications about. Woof. So, essentially, Brett Veach acknowledged that, hey, man, I don't know if I can trust 17 games out of uh, some of our defensive ends. You know, some of them are long in the tooth. Um, A couple of them have fangs. And we need to, <laughs> you know, we just we, we need that insurance. Now... I'm going to say this for different circumstances. There was a player that was a defensive end last year, and suddenly he wasn't on the team. And despite. Oh, my God. Are we good? I'm sorry. This, I haven't given any thought to this, Nate. Are you about to call for the return? One more, one, one more, one more final tour? Look, I'm doing the best I can within the rules that I've been given. Um, now, look, for, for whatever reason, you know, that player uh, didn't make it. And he was claimed on the waiver wire. And he just so happened to play defensive end. So, in essence, young players, you can still develop at a key position. 
where you need some rotational depth. And um, if you, ma'am, are concerned about Frank Clark playing 17 games <laughs> or Carlos Dunlap, sir. Yes, I hear you. I hear you. I see. I see. If you, sir, are interested about Carlos Dunlap, who got, you know, some Achilles stuff. But, hey, he was out there on Tuesday. But, mm-hmm. hey, you know, Achilles can flare up because checks, notes, year 13 at year 33. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes, mm-hmm. you know, it makes sense. And, hey, George Karloftis can't play Autumn Snaps, dog. Even though, try, though. Even though, yeah. Even though. <laughs> even though, I mean, he did acknowledge himself. That he did acknowledge that y'all can call him Furious George. So listen, son, if you're gonna do yep. that, you gotta be on the field all day, every day. Like you, you gotta be. I'm talking so many hand in the dirts that it don't even make sense. But <laughs> he's got he, four hands in the dirt. How does he do it? I, don't know. I don't even know. Don't even know. But his his hand is always in the dirt. He always ready, and. If he likes that y'all call him Furious George, well, now he's going to have to play 100% of all the defensive snaps, which is physically impossible for a defensive end. But this is this is now the expectation, young sir. Um, mm-hmm. But in reality, Brett Veach believes that defensive ends and cornerbacks are usually the players that get plucked the most from a waiver wire situation after you trim your roster to 53. So I think Malik Herring has probably shown more progress, more promise than Joshua Kando so far, but those players know your system. You give them more time, and who knows? You know, for Malik Herring, this this is essentially his rookie year because he spent all of last year rehabbing. And then for Joshua Kando, he only played three games last year before he got hurt. So he, in essence, is also a rookie too. Um, now, Seth, you know, I, I hate for the listeners to be left out. You know, and sometimes we play the read Nate's mind game, and I'm, you know, incredibly good at that. Uh, you're incredibly good at that. I, of course... Definitely know who Nate was referring to, what the that coded message is. But I just want to make sure you knew exactly what that was about, because I definitely do and definitely didn't get a little bit confused partway through because I thought it was somebody else. I definitely am appreciative of your faith in me. Yeah. And would never intentionally let you down. Appreciate that. Oh, I'm done. I uh <laughs> <laughs> what, what I'm what I'm hearing and Nate, correct me if I'm this wrong. Is just but and, you know, not to an extent it's gonna get you in trouble, Nate. I'm just saying right, that the, right, I'm right, saying right, that the right. Nate game got a little too vague even for me just then, and so now I am Yeah. Like, I, I'm just gonna tell you that I Googled to see if Alex Okafor was on a team. And I but ultimately I don't think that's the name that you were trying to transport into my brain telepathically. I, I would just say that what hypothetically the Chiefs may have thought they were going to be able to keep someone and that person got claimed on but waivers that, and it made them gun shy. Got it. Yes. Okay. All right. You're so yes. I see. I was like, I really man, you guys have you guys really liked Matt Dickerson a lot more than I thought you did. Because <laughs> he was the only guy who got claimed today. I see what you're, you're saying. You think they've perhaps learned a lesson about uh, uh about the, a, yeah. the risk on the yeah. defensive end. Uh, yeah, from, numbers game from a year. Sure, yeah, from a from a year. Got a it. Year, a year ago, a defensive end who was projecting to be on the roster suddenly wasn't, and then he was claimed by a team who also plays in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that you basically gave the whole game away, Nate. I mean, my goodness, you, you said it was an NFL team. It's uh, a journey, and that's that's why it's all enjoyable. It's you know from start to finish. I'm sure people are Googling now who really, really care and wondering what happened to that gentleman. And if you find me at a Kansas City establishment, 
not on a recorded device, then I can tell you what happened. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember if that where that gentleman is right now, but I'll you know that's fine. I, we don't have to talk about it anymore. Where that, where, uh, that, where that good sir is, that good lad. Where is that young? Where is that young lad? Uh, so Nate, uh, you get to uh, you get to bow out early here, uh, because you are uh, are celebrating a, a decade of what I'm going to just assume has been nothing but pure marital bliss. Uh, <laughs> yes, so congratulations sir. to you and Holly, but mostly congratulations to you. Yeah, it's really her. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, let's be honest, ladies and gentlemen. Um, when when you've when someone has gotten to know you this intimately for this long, it's it's a great benefit uh, for for me. So uh, no, I I'm super um, excited. I don't know, like when's the last time I dipped out of the show early, but I I appreciate you fellas like never. Uh, n- well, you know, I mean, <laughs> you don't get the Batman exit like Seth does. Seth sometimes really takes don't. the Batman exit. You're either to... here, or you're out. But yeah, right, true, but um. But no, it's been it's been ten years. I'm I'm working on my anniversary. Thanks, NFL. Um, by the way, <laughs> by the way, children, um, when you get married, uh, you know you schedule it the best you can. It's a wonderful experience. Um, you know, so many memories, and you know, at some point in a different phase of your life, career mostly, um, that date all of a sudden becomes the NFL's date. <laughs> And it's like, it's like, uh, uh, you, 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 you always want to cut them down before Labor Day. Yeah, 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 You know, we got married because, I mean, Labor Day weekend just sound like, sound like an awesome time. Wait, and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, 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 so, yeah, things change. But, but, uh, my love for, for Holly Taylor has, it. it's only grown and beautiful. That right there was, you're a writer, man. That was incredible. Oh, uh, so on, on that note, um, I want you all to know that uh, obviously I'm on in the show, but <laughs> yes, yeah, some gonna, one of us is gonna have to do that today. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you, Phil, is something that I've waited to tell you here that is <gasps> very minimal in comparison to my ten year uh, wedding anniversary. I can't wait. All right, so hey Seth, are you paying attention for this one? Because I'm gonna need you from here on out in the show. Man. I'm right here. All right, um, bit of a preview. Now, look, this is happening on Thursday uh, at six o'clock is my understanding. Um, we know that we are the show. We we were the first people to plant our flag on this real estate. Mm. It is important that everybody acknowledge that. And fellas, the Kansas City Chiefs acknowledged it. Because on the team's video series, The Franchise. Get out. Most of it tomorrow will feature Jody Fortson with a few sound bites from the man who was speaking before you. Unbelievable. <laughs> yes. Yes. This is what you, this is what you lifted all those weights for. Yeah. This is it. This is, yeah. this is the mountaintop. They, they said, they said, wow, uh, Jody Forces made the team, came back from an Achilles injury early, uh, looks to be on his way. Who could give grand perspective on this man's journey? Yes! And they asked me, little Obi. So I'm so excited. I hope everybody enjoys it. And yet again, Jody Fortson and this show, forever linked, all right? Forever. Yeah. Beautiful. 
That is fantastic. You could say that's more beautiful than your 10 year anniversary, but I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to I'm not going to rank <laughs> the, the power of those because uh, that's uh, I we, we are closer to the 10 year anniversary of our love of Jody Fordson than you might think. We're, we're a few years deep in the paint on this one. Uh, that is I will I will exciting. never forget writing a <clears throat> excuse me. I will that's never right, forget writing, for like a month. <laughs> <laughs> I will never forget writing a, uh, a a piece about Jody Fortson in the 2019 preseason. Yes, we've been here a minute, and Nate is bringing us home. That's awesome. That's so good. Uh, Nate, do you, uh, before I let you go, last thing, do you think that he will ask you to deliver his uh, Hall of Fame induction in a few years? Oh, that is, you know, Josh, that's, that's a great question. Um, I hope Valdosta State understands who we are as of right now because, I mean, he's clearly going to that school's Oh, Hall dude, we got to go. We got to be we, there. I mean, we, we literally have to go to Georgia. Um, so, yes, I you know, uh, whenever Valdosta State wants to give us a call, we will gladly answer that. You know, Canton, Ohio, I mean, they clearly know what we do for a living, so we don't have to, to. we don't have to, you know, sort of advertise or sort of lobby uh, for such a for such a distinguished honor. Um, but also, fellas, you know, Thursday, uh, after the preseason finale, got to go back into the locker room, you know, yeah. got to, got to feel that old thing again, the whole <laughs> thing like, hey dog, you showered? Do you, hey, you dog. didn't think we were coming back in here you again, feel, did you? You feel good? You ready to talk? We make eye contact. Let's, let's do this thing. Me, me and Chris Jones had a wonderful moment where I was like, hey Chris, obligatorily, I have to ask you. How excited are you to prepare for the Arizona Cardinals? <laughs> and this man looked at me and smiled and said, Nate, I've been doing it since the first preseason game. And I was like, oh, we back. Oh, that's that's a good quote. Um, somebody else, I think it was like, I don't know if it was Darius Harris, but he said handle, you know, I handled my business. or He said Whoa. something about handling Whoa. business. And I was like, yes, Lord. You yes, raise the eyebrows a little yes. bit? Like, hey, Darius, I, I know. You're, you got, okay, can I say that your podcast app of choice? Let me check. Let me take a quick peek at your podcast app of choice. And the last player that I talked to before <laughs> Mr. Brad G said, okay, Nate, um, you can move on now. <laughs> you can, you you can Brad do your job. To the show? <laughs> who knows? Oh, um, I really don't know. Hey, Brad. Who knows? It's hard to say. It's really hard to say. Who yeah. knows? He was um, off in the corner in the, of the locker room playing closing time on a piano. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he asked, he's like, hey, yeah, you know, that, that will conclude today's post-game comments. And the last player I talked to was Jody Fortson. And uh, yeah, it was, it was really cool. And obviously he knew that, you know, this video, uh, this chapter in the video series is coming out. And um, it was really cool to be a part of it. Um, and yeah, me and Jody Fortson, uh, close together again, me representing on behalf of Times Ours. Uh, we would like to congratulate you, sir, on, on making the roster yet again. I literally did that. I was like, Hey, so like, just so you know, you ain't got to sweat on Tuesday, dog. You ain't, you ain't got to sweat. And he was like, yeah, I'm super excited. I was like, yeah, you should be. You should be. Yeah. Cause this is the first time ever since 2019 that like, you don't have to sweat and like, God, I can't imagine how satisfying that is. So that was Great. that was a really cool interaction. Um, and then it was like, oh yeah, I'm like I gotta come back here and like talk about you on video the next day. Gotta <laughs> mm-hmm. tell the story. They they the Chiefs were like, hey, we need a storyteller. Yep. We need somebody who's been on this grind from the beginning. Yeah. There's one man. That man was you. 
That's beautiful. Un- Nate, unbelievable. Uh, get get out of here. Go go celebrate this uh this beautiful decade and we will uh we'll talk to you again. Definitely we'll we'll do uh I don't you know what? I'm not gonna tell you we're gonna do the next show because we don't really know. We'll do another show very soon though, so we'll uh, Yeah, we'll at some back. point. We've, we'll figure it out. We're gonna have a pretty regular schedule again once the, the games actually start. So I think from that point we should be pretty locked in. But we'll get there when we get there. Enjoy the uh the anniversary and the uh the new level of stardom that's going to come from being the voice of a Hall of Fame career. Thank you, gentlemen. Well, now that we got professional journalist and all-around good guy Nate Taylor out of the way, Seth, you and I can finally do what we do best, which is just listen to ourselves talk. Uh, And in your case, uh, specifically about uh, your recent piece up in the Chief of the North newsletter, that's mnchiefsfan.substack.com, bit.ly slash Seth really hates money to subscribe for $12 a day. Nope, $12 a month. Nope, $12 (laughs) a year. That's the real one. The other ones I said were jokes. Um, and you've most re- recently uh, written about Leo Chanel. Um, is he a uh, is he a one man wrecking crew? Can he not move side to side? Is there some truth somewhere in the middle? Uh, what did you see whenever you went back to look at Leo Chanel in the preseason? Um, you know, there really is some some truth to both of those things. Um, he he can move side to side, just not super well right now. Mm-hmm. And that's part of that, though. I, it's it's impossible to say at this point in his career whether that is a physical limitation or just not um he he is not used to having to read routes and read route combinations and so he's thinking and sure you want thoughtful players but you want players where you can't even tell they're thinking because there's not time to this is top gun my friend yeah no time to think up there you think and you're dead man how good was top gun maverick Really I'm, good. I I watched Top Gun the day before I went and saw Top Gun Maverick, and <laughs> I I, I enjoyed them both. I yeah. uh I and now I get like eighty more percent of the references of my uh, of my slightly older peers. It's really helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's 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 life living in the danger zone, my friend. <laughs> we we briefly we briefly had a, a technical sort of thing as uh, Nate was was uh, exiting and we were getting going again, and you didn't hear me say this, but I just yelled, "Talk to me, ghost." <laughs> See, there we go that's for all the dads out there see yeah exactly everyone everyone gets that reference now um i made that reference to renee in passing conversation like two days after i saw top gun and then she just stared blankly back at me and i went sorry i just watched top gun and she the look on her face looked like i might as well have told her that i was developing a hard drug addiction she was like <laughs> sorry are you a guy that references top gun now and I just like, <laughs> maybe are, maybe i am there are deal breakers <laughs> she will be through you through debilitating <laughs> disease and uh-huh. weakness of that sort. But yes. this is a bridge too far, my friend. So far, the wedding's still on, but it, it did. Oh. There, I saw something in her eyes just then that was, uh, but I can only resemble as questioning her life choices. Yeah, sure, sure. Now, yeah, no, that's cool. That's perfectly normal. My wife does it all the time. <laughs> so so I'm sure you're fine. That's why um, I knew what it looked with, like. I've just been around you two at the same time. Before. <laughs> with with, with Leo Chanel. Chanel, he... It's tough to say whether it's a physical or mental limitation. He does not play as athletically as he tests. And that's something we talked about during the pre-draft process too. People are comparing him to Luke Keekley. They're comparing him to Willie Gay Jr. They're comparing him to these elite athletes at the linebacker position. And it just, you don't see that mm. with how he moves in space. His change of direction is not terrific. Um, you can tell me about his three-cone time, whatever. I don't care. What the film shows right now, he's not a great change of direction guy. Start, stop, that kind of stuff. He can accelerate. He can close out on the sideline. He he can move. He's not a stiff out there, but he is not a great athlete, at least right now. 
Whether that's just a physical thing or a mental thing is tough to say. Nick Bolton looks more fluid now, I would argue, than he did a lot of his career in college because he just gets it. He he processes things so quickly that it makes up for any real or perceived physical limitations he has. So with Chanel, the interesting question for him is going to be, how does that change over time? Because we saw with Nick Bolton, he adapted to coverage very quickly. And one thing that makes me consider it with Chanel, he wasn't asked to do a ton in coverage in college. And he already shows an excellent, especially for a rookie, understanding of run fits and how to flow to the play, what gaps to fill, how to adjust based on cutbacks. He does that really well already. And so to the point that it wouldn't surprise me, I know they brought back Elijah Lee. It wouldn't surprise me if Chanel ultimately gets the the nod as the third linebacker, because generally speaking, that third linebacker, you're going to be looking more rundown situations there. And he is better than Lee, I think, in those situations. Although Lee acquitted himself really well in preseason too. So... When he, you say when you say eventually or or down the road or whatever, do you, do you get a feel for that? Like in terms of all that development, like mentioning Nick Bolton is interesting. Where that was a trait that, that we saw him pick up really quickly. I think at the NFL levels. I mean, I I am a, a buyer of Leo Chanel's physical traits. I have been a questioner of of how quickly he can be on the field and not be a liability. Well, and and that'll be the thing. You know, it, they they can limit his his coverage responsibilities sure. in large part, especially when there's three linebackers on the field, and one of them is Willie Gay Jr. You know, because mm-hmm. they, they he covers well. Bolton has shown a lot more aptitude in that area, at least so far. He, he's still not like a plus 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 player in that area. We don't want to get that messed up, but he can do it. So I, I would say with Chanel, you can get him on the field. And I think he's athletic enough to where it's not like a physical limitation that you can just expose over and over and over like you would see at times with 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 Anthony Hitchens, for example, playing kind of a different position. But that's the the example is Hitch in certain positions didn't matter if he did everything right. He just couldn't keep up. And Chanel, that's not him. He, he should be able to, you know, you're not going to run the same route at him twice in a row and he just can't cover it. Because he is athletic enough to close when he can anticipate it. The thing is, though, Bolton showed an aptitude for this stuff and developing mentally in a way that most rookies don't. Right. There's a reason that you don't see a lot of guys develop as quickly as Nick Bolton did, because most guys just can't do it. And it's not like just a, I'm sure some of it is a grit and a toughness thing and mentality and all that. Sure, that does matter. You know, being being 10% tougher 10% 10% more willing to just work 10% harder. All those things matter, sure. But like we said, or actually, I, I think I said this last time, you know, Rudy was a great story, but he would have died if he'd have played longer. <laughs> Nick Bolton has the physical traits as well, but he, he, so you can combine those. But not everyone can do what Nick Bolton has done because the, that that aptitude, that that plus ability to process, we don't know if Chanel has that. He shows it against the run, whether that's learned over the course of years or something he just has an aptitude for, we'll see. So I don't expect him. Plus, he's got the disadvantage of this is something Willie Gay and Nick Bolton didn't really have to fight. They didn't have Willie Gay and Nick Bolton playing in front of them. Yeah. Whereas the Chiefs now have a pair of competent to maybe well above competent linebackers. And so there's just not going to be a lot of reasons for him to see the field. So I'm... I'm cautiously, I guess I would say, I would say I'm optimistic for a rookie 
for Leo Chanel, but I'm pessimistic compared to what the expectations of him have been due to like, people love hearing guys talk about violence and physicality. Right. Yeah. But that, 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 that they're great sound bites and he is super physical. He knocked a fullback just completely off his rocker. He's able to knock a center to the side and make a great play in the backfield. But those things aren't a hundred percent translatable all the time playing linebacker in the modern NFL. I almost butted in with this earlier and uh, uncharacteristically decided to keep it to myself until it came up in a more natural time. So here we are. This is my reward. Last year, the thing that I had a more strongly um, negative opinion on and then kind of backed off of a little bit by week one was Chris Jones at defensive end. It just seemed like one of those things where I remember saying, like, you can't, this isn't Madden. You can't just move a guy from one spot to the other and hope his numbers go up. And ultimately, oh, I don't know. I'll buy into it. I could see Chris Jones, you know, just eating dudes alive on the edge. There's a chance, right? The the thing that I remember saying right after the draft, this is this is very apropos, I think, for Chanel, more so than even the rest of the group, but really for the group as a whole, is that I've expected there to be defensive growing pains when you now after we know what the 53-man roster looks like, this is a young group, and we knew that coming in, but whenever you start asking you questions about Carlos Dunlap or Frank Clark and the number of games they're going to play or not having either of the veteran defensive tackles make the initial roster in favor of essentially a couple of young edge rushers. All of these linebackers are young. Um, all mm-hmm. of the secondary are babies. They are football babies where Legere right. Sneed is like the grizzled vet. I I still, and, and, and Justin Reed, uh, a bit of a, calling him a veteran is, kind of overselling it, I think. But he's been in the league. He's on the second team, which isn't true for almost any of the rest of these guys. <laughs> he's he's entering this defense for the first time. I am still, I think, expecting and totally cool with there being some some growing pains as long as the defense is in a better spot in November than it is today. I, I'm I'm sticking to my guns on that one, even though I I have been pleasantly surprised by both hearing from the players and spags and pressers and what we've seen in the preseason that it it seems like it's in a pretty good place as a unit, but I, I'm I need you to help me recalibrate on this one because I I want to find a spot somewhere between um, Pollyanna ish and total hater on on just think, expecting there to be a couple times where the defense looks young, for lack of a better word. Sure. Well, the defense is incredibly young. I mean they they they've got multiple guys that are rookies that they're counting on. They've got multiple guys that are second or third year players that they're counting on. Um, that's that's a lot. Mm-hmm. So. I would say this, I am more encouraged than I was to start the preseason. Yeah, same. When I was just, okay, well, these guys are young. You're going to have a lot of growing pains. Um, McDuffie and Karloftis in particular, um, those are two guys they're leaning very heavily on. Mm -hmm. And both of them looked like, particularly McDuffie. McDuffie was really impressive. I was so, when he got hurt for a little bit there, I was like, "Ah," but... <clears throat> this show got a lot flimmier when Nate left. Yeah, I don't know what my deal is. Um, so and it's not really getting better either. So this will be an interesting to as I slowly choke on my own spit for all I briefly, of our listeners to hear. I briefly had the thought of, oh God, I hope I didn't get Seth sick. It would be impossible. You live hundreds yeah, of miles away, but we podcast <laughs> together. So um, McDuffie in particular has played so well. And Karloftis has played really well in his own right that... The, the big thing for them is like, you know, the defense really needs both of them to be above average players to have yep. a shot at being mm-hmm. better than last year. And both of them look like above average players already. 
And so then it becomes like, well, can someone else come in, just one guy, and be even kind of average? Can can Cook be average? And does he really need to? Because you know who was just knocking the snot out of everyone in preseason? Deion Bush. Yeah. And so, like, Brian Cook, I think, will get the nod over him. But Bush looked like a, a decent enough player to be that third safety. Yeah. And so... I mean, can can Cook be that guy? Can Chanel be just like an average Sam? Can Josh Williams be average? Can Jalen Watson be average? And now you're, if, if you really are like, yeah, no, these two guys really are going to be above average and you just need one of these like four guys to be average, those odds are a little better. And so I, I'm cautiously optimistic about the defense as a whole with the caveat, these are rookies. They're going to, you're going to have some week where George Karloftis gets destroyed. I I, I would think because it happens to almost every rookie. It would um, be it did, wild for a rookie to have 17 consecutive perfect games. That that would be yeah. beating Or the even odds. 17 consecutive good games. You know sure. what made Creed Humphrey so weird last year is mm-hmm. he didn't have a single game where he was less than really good. Yeah. And it was constant. I mean, he was just constantly good. That's what separated him from Trey Smith. Trey Smith was really good the majority of the time, but he had some games where he had some really rough snaps. And that's much more normal. And that's a good rookie season, right? Yeah. Like a yeah. really good rookie season. And so like Trey Smith is more like the really good rookie season that you shouldn't generally expect for guys. Um, and, and but I mean, it'll be it'll be really interesting. I'm, I'm more optimistic than I was, but you should expect to have some week where Trent McDuffie gets worked over because that yeah. that happens to every corner. And so the, the, the key is, are they consistently decent? Because if they are, the defense is faster, it is more physical, and there's good reason to say, you know what, I think they're going to be all right this year. I think we've covered pretty much everything that we like needed to get to today, and then it struck me that just the timing of the last couple of episodes is that your Patrick Mahomes film review against Washington came out after the most recent episode we've done. You don't need to go through all your methodology and everything, I will just make the point Um, that people can go check this out and anyone can read it if you're somehow listening to this show and you haven't pulled the trigger on the Chief of the North newsletter. And then chiefsfan.substack.com. This one's unlocked for everybody if you want to see how Seth reviews Mahomes uh, in as much or as little time as you have or want to devote to it, Seth. um, Do do you have anything still to this day? Now, we we are a little bit removed, I know. But but did you have anything from Patrick Mahomes against Washington that that jumped out to you as you thought, ah, yes, it's just going to be very good to have football back again very soon. Or Patrick Mahomes plays all four quarters. I mean, he looks incredible. Um, I would say the thing that I noticed was he picked up right where he left off. No, let me rephrase that. He picked up right where he left off. If you ignore the last half of football that he He, played, he picked up right before he left off. Yeah. Right before he had some kind of out of body experience. He, he showed against Washington in really all preseason, he played as well as he was playing in the first half against the Bengals, as well as he was playing against the Bills, as well as he's playing against the Browns before. I mean, like, I mean, it was just, or not the Browns, sorry, but uh, the Steelers, he just, he was taking everything that the defense gave him. And when the defense didn't give anything, he took it. <laughs> uh, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, oh yeah. yeah, you're giving this to me. I will accept it. So that's a better way. He was accepting everything the defense gave him rather than trying to force anything. And when they didn't give him anything, he just took it. And it's unstoppable when he's like that. That's why I still talk about that, that Chiefs-Bills divisional round. It is the best quarterback game I've ever charted because the he not only was essentially perfect and made no mistakes and made the right play every time, there were multiple times where the Bills, who have a good defense, made a great play and he just took it. He said, nope. And that's what separated it from other great 
quarterback performances that were almost flawless is they didn't have to like on 10 different occasions, just create yards out of thin air. He was doing that against Washington. He was doing both. Um, and that's really good to see. Another thing that I'm just really curious about, we'll see, because it's tough to change things about yourself as the years go by. But one thing I saw that he's actually talked about a little bit is he seems like he is trying to have better footwork on quick, short throws. Hmm. Like we're talking, Mm -hmm. you know, quick wide receiver screens, RPOs. You can see the effort there and he looks more accurate because that is an area that has been, he's been around average there because yeah, he can get the throw off a, you know, not even a 10th, like a hundredth of a second faster, but you sacrifice all your footwork. And so your, your accuracy is going to be a little more shaky. Whereas now he's still getting the throw off faster than everyone else but his feet are a little bit better and you're seeing a little more accuracy in terms of ball placement that allows the play to go just a little bit faster because they're catching the ball in stride. So that's something to watch for. I'm excited for it. And it's, man, he's just so good at football. (laughs) I've enjoyed the preseason for what it was. I know we've talked about this over the course of the show. I I enjoyed the first breath of training camp and then I enjoy the first couple games of the preseason. And now we're here. We enjoyed talking about the roster and all of those things. I'm ready to watch Patrick Mahomes play football again for a meaningful game that matters, Uh, which is good news is that we're very, very near that point. And if you need any more coverage on any level of that, of course, you can check out all of Nate's work. He's on Twitter at ByNateTaylor. And then, of course, on TheAthletic.com. Seth is on Twitter at RealMNChiefsFan. Then you have uh, the Chief in the North newsletter, MNChiefsFan.Substack.com. I am at JB Briscoe. You can find me all across the board over at Sports Radio 810 WHB um, and, and all over the place. Just follow me on Twitter. We all put all of our stuff out there. Uh, and I haven't said this in a long time, but if you are a listener of Times Ours and you've not left a review anywhere, uh, maybe over on Apple Podcasts, even if you don't use Apple Podcasts, review for Apple Podcasts are meaningful, apparently. That's what they tell me. So you can go leave us a review <laughs> over there, share it with a friend, and uh, you can you can have uh, any way you want to listen to it through the uh, athletic app or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you're subscribed if you're not already, or if you haven't shared it with a friend yet, you should do that now, because I think we're going to have a lot of fun over the course of this season. Seth, uh, I feel like in in Nate's absence, you should uh, give the final words that will send our our dear listeners into uh, what could only be described as a rousing weekend preparing for a football weekend just a few days away. I've got the perfect thing because I'm making my triumphant return to the pages of The Athletic shortly, maybe even by the time you're listening to this. So here's what I will say. This is the introduction to the article coming soon to you in The Athletic. Whoever called Christmas the most wonderful time of the year was, with all due respect, completely wrong and clearly not a fan of the NFL. The most wonderful time of the year is, in fact, upon us. It's the early days of September when the NFL has finished its seemingly endless preseason and training camp and is about to start the real action. It is the pinnacle of what it means to be a sports fan because, and I will just say this, every young player is showing flashes of dominance. Every veteran is in the best shape of his life and on a mission to right some wrong. And the appetizer of the NFL action the preseason provides has fans salivating for the meal to begin. The meal is here. Let's eat. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.